welcome uh, to this week's weekend watch. I hope you've had a nice week. I wasn't 100% last week. I was a little bit poorly, but we got through it. Sadly, Daryl is even worse this week. Uh, he's managed to catch COVID, unfortunately. I hope he does watch this. And if he does, we're missing you. And uh, sad that you're not here. Hopefully, you'll be back next week and all will be well. Uh, with just me and Andrew, hopefully that'll, that'll do. Um, and we're going to be covering Newbury market raising, and we've got a bit of action at the Curra as well. And as always, if Andrew's got anything else for you, um, anything exciting anywhere else, I'm sure he'll give you that as well. We had plenty of winners last week, um, so Daryl earned himself the week off, really. Give us Royal Fleet and Hakum. Andrew liked Hakum as well. Uh, Ebri and Tad Leal, they both ran uh, crackers at huge prices. Andrew also had Native Trail. Um, and I managed to find Spirit of Bermuda, who drifted massively, actually, and uh, won at 12 to 1 in the end. So uh, we had a good week. Uh, thanks to SBK, as always, for sponsoring this video. Uh, and we're going to try and find you some winners. So, uh, Andrew, we're going to start with Newbury. We've got the 150, which is a listed race. Um, Three-year-olds have a really good record in the Steventon, don't they? Um, I thought Darab was a really interesting horse in this, who could hopefully try and uh, stamp his authority over this race. Um, Martin Harley, I know rides this horse plenty at home. He goes into the yard. No chance last time for a, a poor draw in the uh, French Derby, but the time before thought very good when he's down and, and won by a wide margin. So you can see why he would be uh, much nearer to the top of the betting than the bottom. Yeah, cracking race this. Um, couldn't put you off Dirab. As I say, big step up in class after that um, uh, maiden or novice win to um, you know, running the French Derby and finishing eighth was no disgrace. And just, as you say, never got into it from off the pace from a high draw, like a lot of horses in that race. Um, faces some pretty stiff competition, though, from the likes of uh, Real World, who, of course, won the Hunt Cup on the far side when um, that probably wasn't the place to be. Um, you know, the majority of the first, uh, um, you know, the first 10 home that day came from high draws. I think eight of the first 10 beat Le Bon in fifth was the other one. And that's uh, another one who's running this weekend. And, and Solid Stone was a horse I was impressed with at Royal Ascot, who finished third in the Wolferton Stakes in a field of 13. He's always been best in small fields, got a fantastic record in single-figure lineups. Um, whether there's just like you know one or two too many horses for him here remains to be seen, but uh, we might have a couple of non-runners. They're calling it a good to soft still, I think, at Newbury, but um, with the drying uh, forecast over the next couple of days, it could be on the quick side of good come Saturday. So obviously keep an eye out of, um, for that, any going changes and non-runners. Um, but yeah, I sort of went round in circles thinking, yeah, I want to be with Real World, I want to be with Solid Stone, I want to be with Durab, but the front three, the betting, so there's no juice there. So I might just uh, throw a couple of quid at my old friend Majestic Dawn, who of course won the Cambridgeshire in the first time blinkers for the coal yard last year. Um, he, he tends to need a run to come to hand. He impressed me by finishing uh, a good third on his uh, seasonal debut. I thought he'd need that run. Uh, you look at his record second time out, um, you know, um, I think well, it's but basically he needs he needs his run. When he's been off the track for eight weeks or longer, he needs to run. And then when he comes back quickly after that, he's won three from three. These are the conditions he's got on Saturday. He's 12 yeah. to one. If there is juice in the ground, that will suit him. Although it was officially good when he won his um, uh, won the Cambridgeshire, of course. So at double figures, I'll just go for Majestic Dawn. But it's a race where, because I can't discount those near the head of the market, I don't really want to get too heavily involved in financially. Yeah, your double figures anyway, at least, um, Majestic Dawn, unlike all the ones that we've both mentioned before. So try and take a, a bit of a price for that one as regards the places. And Majestic Dawn has won as well in the past at Newbury, so has a bit of course form. So fair few positives for uh, that one. At the 2.25 at Newbury, long distance handicap, a class two. 
Um, we've had three running so far of this race, and all three winners have been five or six years old. So those three in the Betty currently are all four. So we'll see if uh, that stat can be changed. Withhold comes in here. Uh, Withhold was the winner of this back in 2019. Uh, and Andrew will remember, my uh, I had a winning nap and the horses in here. Rodrigo Diaz. Um, I've napped on the pod before, was hammered in the betting, so I looked like I've napped a very short price favourite, which was unfair <laughs> on me. <laughs> I remember it well. Obliged. Yeah, Julie obliged anyway. Um, does like to be held up and comes late. They crawled at Kempton last time out, so of course then they then kicked from the front, didn't suit, just couldn't quite get there. He goes back up in trip and I think has got plenty more to come. I said when I napped him a while ago when he won, I think he's better than these kind of races, better than a handicap, definitely. Um, so I, I will be sticking with Rodrigo Diaz for that 2.25 again. I, I really like him um, as a horse. So, uh, Andrew? Yeah, there's... Um... Uh, this is very interesting. I kind of went down the rabbit hole with this race. Thought, oh, two-mile handicap is not really my bag. This won't take very long. I'll just uh, find a couple of sort of semi-sensible things to say about the front two and the betting. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Uh, because last year, um, Ian Williams won this last year with Rashoon, who was wearing uh, a visor for the first time, owned by Marwan Kukash. And he's got Mancini in this race, first uh, owned by Marwan Kukash, wearing headgear for the first time. Blinkers in this case. Yeah. Now, um, this horse has um, got an incredible record at this time of year. He's won in the corresponding week three times in 2017, 2019, and again last year. And more interesting, every season he's been racing, he's won on his fourth start of the campaign. Um, and this is the fifth season he's been racing. And guess what? It's his fourth start. Now, um, one of the firms who were betting on this was sort of 20s into 18s. As soon as the betting opened, you can still get 22 to 1 in a place. So I like the fact that he said the same yard is the same owner of what it last year with the first time headgear horse. This horse just, I don't know what it is about this week. Maybe it's his birthday, but uh, he just seems to come to life around this time of year. So uh, I've bet Mancini each way. He ran well, didn't he, in, the, in the, uh, at Newcastle? I think That's he right. 7th yeah. or 8th or 9th, but he was 40 to 1 and he got beaten a couple of lengths. That's right, but it's typical of him. He kind of like, you know, those first two runs badly needed, bit more third time out and then fourth time out, bang. Now, um, the downside is he's never won in a big field, but then he has run some good placed efforts in smaller fields. So, uh, you know, with 20 odd to one in sort of four or five places, perhaps worth a little each way nibble. Uh, The others of interest, uh, Indianapolis for the same yard, who I put up as a, a confident win bet last week. Uh, at 18 to 1, he's gone off at sevens. He's finished fourth at Ascot, only beaten a couple of lengths. Again, he's another one who goes to- goes well at this time of year. Uh, and that's something that can also be said about the third one on the shortlist, and that is uh, Just Hubert. Now, yeah. Just Hubert attracted plenty of market support in the uh, two and a half mile Ascot stakes last time out, but that was only his second run of the season, and he always needs it. He, he's won third or fourth time out every season he's been, in the last three seasons anyway, at least. Now, third time out this year, he's gone to the Northumberland play. He's not bred for Tapita, so you can run, you know, draw a line through that. But now is generally the time to um, side with him. I, I've got him earmarked on my shortlist for Glorious Goodwood. Uh, interesting they've come back here uh, because he was only ninth in this race last year, although he wasn't beaten uh, that very far, about f- uh, five and a half lengths. Now, he's had five runs in July in his career, three wins a third, and that's seventh, I say, in this race uh, last year. Maybe that was COVID interrupted. You know, maybe the, it, 
his preparation had been interrupted. But generally speaking, very much like Mancini, he needs those sort of um, three or four runs before hitting peak form. So, yeah, shortlist in order of preference. Uh, Mancini, just Hubert and Indianapolis. Uh, but the, the one I'm siding with uh, is Mancini at the moment. Yeah, OK. Uh, and they're all big prizes at the moment. Time of recording this, 22s, 20s, 14s, respectively. So, um, as Andrew said, if you're paying lots of, lots of extra places, you could try and take perhaps all of them. Um, if you uh, want to agree with uh, Andrew there, difficult races, of course. Um, we move on to the three o'clock. Um, the Group 3, Hackwood Stakes. Uh, we've got last year's winner, um, Tab Deed. He comes back. If I have to read one more time, Andrew, that Kings Lane gets no run, I'm literally going to lose the complete plot. So I'm no. going to do it again. I'm going to stick with Kings Lane and just hope that surely <laughs> it can't happen again, can it? Oh uh, yeah, hey, Kingsland's a, a funny one because you know when he won that race at Haydock over five furlongs in May, that was his first uh, win since September 2019. Yeah, he's obviously talented, but has he not won the races that he should? And what's his best trip? What's his best ground? Does he need five furlongs and cut if it dries and that's out? Grade. He's going massively up and down and up and down in grades. Oh, he's yeah. not winning. But the thing is, he's always near the head of the betting as well, isn't he? And I mean, I, I thought we might. But get he doesn't always run well. <laughs> yeah, but without winning, uh, generally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going I'm to take him on. Uh, I'm going to take on Diligent Harry as well. Diligent Harry is talented, but he's making his turf debut. So you've got you know a five to two shot who's never raced on turf before, a five to two shot who perhaps um, you know doesn't win as often as he should, win. and then third in, uh, well backed already, uh, eleven to four from four to one in the first couple of hours of trading is last year's winner Tab Deed. Now, uh, Tabdeed prepped for this last year with a run on the all-weather. He's done the same again, running a solid enough fourth in the chip chase stakes behind Chill Chill at Newcastle. And he's had five runs on turf, over six furlongs on good to soft or quicker ground. He's won every single one of them. So, uh, yeah, I'm with uh, with Tabdeed here. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with Kingsland again. I'm sure I'll regret it, but it is what it is. Um, right, Super Sprint three forty. Goodness me, we've got uh, the Rocklesby winner in here, haven't we? Chipotle, uh, Chipotle. Um, Vintage Clarence was beaten by that horse in the Brocklesby. We know that. Um, but I thought Vintage Clarence looked very green on that occasion, which is a bit surprising, really, isn't it? For uh, that yard, are normally quite straightforward. Then come out and won quite easily on the next couple of starts. Massive run in the third to be in uh, massive run in the Coventry to be third. Easy for me to say. I know Chipotle has gone on and won the Windsor Castle since then, but I do just wonder if Vintage Clarence has improved past that one. And you know, he only got beat the first time around because they were green. So I think I've just about landed on. I don't know that it's a selection, but <laughs> staying with I'm gonna Vintage Clarence. But you know, the betting tells us plenty as well, doesn't it? That it's it should be a good match. That's right. And it, it is really hard to uh, pick between them. With Chipotle, you can say, well, when he won the Windsor Castle on the far side, it was probably the, the wrong part of the track. And he's done really yeah. well to, to do that. But then you've got Vintage Clarence, trained by Richard Fahey, who's got a really good um, record in this race. I mean, six of the last eight renewals have been won by the Richards, Fahey or, or Hannon, and um, three, three apiece. And it's a Vintage Clarence. Um, I mean, the, the Coventry form hasn't really worked out. There's quite yeah. a few horses who were poorly drawn in that, drawn low, like, you know, Eldrick Jones and um, 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 Ebro River, who perhaps didn't run as well as they might at, uh, at Newmarket last week. But then you could say that Vintage Clarence didn't stay. Um, I mean, after that defeat in yeah. the, 
after that defeat in the Brocklesby, he was he yeah. went two two from two impressively over five furlongs, and I think he's hit the front, hasn't he? Just about um, d- down the, in the side literally closing stages, yeah. just one or two uh, compounds, and then just got fetched out. You think, yeah, yeah. five furlongs. I think of the pair. I mean, I respect them both, but I just refer- vintage clouds is the bigger price, and because of Fahey's record in the race, I'd side with him. I hope um, Vintage Clouds isn't in here because he's very slow. You mean Vintage Clouds? Oh, sorry, Vintage Clouds. <laughs> <laughs> vintage Clouds would struggle in this race, I think. Yeah, just a little bit. Might Neither. get out of pace, but uh, good spot. I mean, um, third in, you've got um, Hannon's first string, Gabas, but you know, where's he been since um, winning impressively yeah. at Leicester in April? That would be a concern. But I have bet one at a much bigger price than the one I'm going to put in the race, and that is Russell in the Bushes for uh, David Evans. Right now. Um, now, um, nice drawn in the middle, uh, nice drawn in the middle, stall 16. Now, she's changed yard since we last saw her. She had um, several goes for Tom Dascombe, um, I think finishing second on four occasions. Um, I mean, I questioned her resolution on, on one occasion, but mm. since then, a couple of times, although she's gone down narrowly, she has rallied once she's been headed. Now, David Evans does really well with horses. He gets from uh, claimers the next time he runs them. Since 2010, 10 winners from 46, profit of almost 30 quid to a £1 level stake. And he's got the visor on this one for the first time. That could eke out a bit of improvement. And looking at race form speed figures, although um, you know it was only a Chester claimer and she was a narrow second last time, she's actually got the sixth best last time out speed figure in this race. So if David Evans, as he often does with other people's cast off, can get just a little bit of improvement out of this one in the headgear. Um, she's a speedy sort, you know, prominent down the middle is often what you need at Newbury on the straight course. She's um, 66 to one in the place, 50 to one generally. You know, I thought I, I was just going to throw a couple of quid at her each way in what is, you know, I mean, th- this race, you, sometimes you look back at it and think, well, that was obvious, wasn't it? The Royal Ascot horses won seven to four, probably should have been seven to four on. Other times you get a 50 to one shot pop up. And you think, what was I thinking having a bet in the race? So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the 50 to one shot this time. You'd be less wounded, wouldn't you? Exactly. If, if the short price horses do well, you wouldn't be as fussed. Um, yeah, go and watch and win. So, yeah, Russell in the Bushes, as Andrew said, 66 is big price at the moment, again, at the time of recording. Um, anything else at Newbury, Andrew? Uh, no, not at Newbury. Okay. Uh, on to jumping, then we go. Market Raisin, looking forward, actually, to, to Market Raisin on Saturday. We've got uh, 2.05 we're going to start with, class two handicap uh, over hurdles. Um, and we've got some, you know, nice looking prospects in here, younger horses that uh, seem to be on the up and up, Andrew, in that 205. Yeah, this is a very good race. Um, it tends to go to a form horse. Eight of the last 10 winners were first or second on their latest start. Uh, one of the others was uh, third. That was last year's winner. Um and that um, doesn't help who, us that much. No, it's right because <laughs> most of them come in a good form. Although, if you yeah. discount those age seven or older, that might help as well because they don't have a particularly good record. It does tend to go to a younger uh. horse. And heading the market at the moment is Hooper, and understandably so, trained by Nicky Henderson. Uh, incredibly consistent since he's had wind surgery. I think it's nine runs, um, six wins, and, uh, and three seconds. All those second places by a length or less. So I'm not sure who's going to ride him because he's been ridden by a conditional jockey um, his last few starts and uh, whether he'll be on again or whether they'll go. Oh, yeah, Ben French-Davis, I see, is, is actually booked yeah, up he's, now. He's, he's he was yeah. Yeah, he wasn't when I first looked at him. So, yeah, he, mm. he's he's been on board for the last three wins, I think, so don't worry about that. I mean, Compron for um, Philip Hobbs is... Um, probably some second favourite of most firms, around about six to one. I mean, he's been incredibly consistent as well. 
and um, made all over course and distance last time out. I mean, market racing, generally speaking, over hurdles, I like to be with front runners on prominent races. But in this race, because of the size of the field, the quality of it, the fact that there's usually a disputed pace, we have had quite a few come from off the pace as well. So it's, it's hard to narrow it down by running style. Yeah. Now, there are others at bigger prices uh, that also make appeal. Mrs. Hyde, uh, a wonderful uh, mare trained by Brian Ellison, who um, was in really good form uh, last winter before having a break. Uh, hasn't cut much ice um, since you know, having a go on the flat, but she she loves going right-handed. She did win uh, at Weatherby, but she jumped out to her right in every hurdle. And that helped her because she ended up on the outside of the track when the inside was riding a lot slow and was badly cut up. Uh, now she's had three goes right-handed first third and first all, all those wins coming here at market raisin the third was a really good effort because she took up the running from a long way out in the straight and there was a strong headwind loads of horses who made the running that day came out and won since um, she doesn't fit the age stats for this race but say she has um, um, you know coming back to a right-handed track's going to suit her and stonific um, this is a fascinating one for david omara yeah i'm gonna now, say he, you or andrew that you or daryl put it up didn't you i think on the that's right i think, we I think we both, it. I mean, yeah. stonific is a horse who's always gone best off a strong pace in a big field i mean uh, he was last of four at Catterick last time and uh, they had the stewards had them in and say what, what you know what was the explanation and it was like well they couldn't offer one i said well it's quite simple you need cover, you need a big field, you need them to go like the absolute clappers. Mm-hmm. Now, this horse is um, you know, a, a, known as a flat horse, but it hasn't had many opportunities over hurdles, particularly in handicaps. Mm-hmm. And uh, given that David O'Mara w- uh, has won this and had two places from four runners uh, over the last 10 years, I thought it was significant that Stenific, you know, everything you know, is going to suit him in terms of the, uh, the tempo of this race and, and the class of it. The kind of horse he does often does better in a better class of race because they go that bit quicker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, rather long shortlist there. Uh, Mrs. Hyde, I love, I will have to have something on her, but I'm just going to back Stonific each way and, and the hope they go r- too quick up front. Yeah. Um, have you got anything written about Wicked West of, of Richards? What do you think of his last couple of runs? Um, he's moved, moved yards and he's looked yeah, sicker, I mean, hasn't he? The yard's been in really good form at the time of recording, four wins from 16. Uh, two from two uh, since joining this yard. And we know Dr. Richard Newland does well with horses. He takes over from other yards, particularly in handicap hurdles. He can make a good a good um, uh, profit back in those blind. I'm always a bit cu- um, careful about subtle hurdles form, though, because of those fixed rush hurdles. It doesn't always translate. Uh, yeah. I know you won at Foss last the time before, uh, but he's the kind of horse six to one for a subtle novice winner running in a competitive Class two handicap hurdle. Yeah, it's not enough value. Yeah, it, it was. Would it surprise me if he won? Probably not. Do I want to back him at a single figure price? No. So yeah. I'd, I'd, and I'll go. Made all, and he made all last time, which you just said you wouldn't be perhaps looking for in this yeah, race. Yeah, because because there's others who've done that as well. It might just you know be a case of them going a bit too quick here and setting setting it up for someone like Stonific or Mrs Hyde. Yeah. Okay, that makes good sense. Uh, On to the sub the uh, super summer plate we go for the 240 and again talking of younger legs and younger horses the youngest horse in the field um looks to be heading the betting here of course uh, captain tomcat which is dr richard newlands and um, diva racing look to have a real a kind of good prospect on their hands perhaps they are well, i'd say perhaps he is their best horse now isn't he and he's perhaps richard's as well actually um looking forward to seeing how uh, captain tomcat goes yeah, I've been really impressed with the way he's won um, since he's gone over fences. Three from yeah. three in this sphere now. He, he's young, he's on the up. Um, he's a solid enough favourite, really. I couldn't put you off him. Wasn't hugely keen on last year's third, Solomon Gray, who's generally second favourite with most firms. 
he seems to run really well at Utoxeter, and although he has won here, it was some time ago, and he's perhaps not as good this way round as he is on left-handed tracks like Utoxeter. Um, the one that I'm going to side with those Frankie de Burley for um, uh, the Bowen Yard. That they've got a good pedigree in this race and in you know any sort of valuable contest at market racing in the summer. Uh, he clocked a really fast time when um, winning that 18 runner handicap chase at Utoxeter on his penultimate start. And then last time out, he's, um, he's he's gone to Carlisle. Patient tactics at that venue Cartmel. in a small field. Cartmel, sorry. Um, so I'm looking at my laptop at an angle. Right. Quite... And uh, yeah, he's, it didn't suit his, his style. He needs a big field and a strong pace. He's rarely had it in jumps handicaps. But when he gets it, he, he travels supremely well. And he jumps. The bigger the field, the better he jumps because they're going that bit quicker. So uh, yeah. Um, I, I remember, um, you know, Tidal Bay, who won the Arkle, he didn't jump well in small field novice contests you know, because they didn't go quick enough for him. Everyone said, oh, he'll, he'll, he'll never get round Cheltenham. He actually, you know, jumped superbly because um, of the yeah. tempo of the race. So I'm hoping that's the case with Frank um, Frankie de Burley here. Um, there was, uh, bear with me one sec. Oh, the other one of interest was um, Lord Bryan. Clocked a fast time when winning over course and distance last time. I felt he improved for the cutback in trip that day to this two mile, five and a half furlong distance. He'd been running at up to sort of three miles three and not really been suiting. And you look at his last six runs right-handed, trip short of three miles, very consistent, first, third, third, close second, second by ahead and first. So uh, Frankie de Burley over Lord Bryan for me. There's a Boeing theme going on there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bit of a love affair. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we are like Sean Bowie here at Gigi. Um, so fingers crossed that can run well as well. But yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I don't have a selection in it at all, to be honest, but I am looking forward to seeing, you know, if Captain Tomcat can go and do what he's been doing in those lesser races. It'll be uh, an interesting one to see. That's set market racing. Um, we've got then the handicap hurdle, smallish field for the uh, 310, Andrew. This is uh, fascinating, but um, sort of slightly frustrating race at the moment because... I really like Giovanni Change. Now he's coming back to a right-handed track. He's got a fantastic record this way round. Uh, I wrote him up in my Racing Post Weekender column after his um, close-up third, the last time he ran over hurdles. That was at Aintree, left-handed track, of course. And he's lost ground every single flight by jumping out to his right. And um, you think he's going to finish out at the back of the telly you know, because of how mocked the tendency was. And yet he's still there, banging at the business end. He's only just gone down really narrowly. I was sort of laying him all the way round and... Uh, had a bit of a squeaky bum moment when he's, you know, still there jumping the last. So I thought, well, next time he runs, runs right-handed over jumps, I've got to side with him. The trouble is he's trained by Mark Warford, who's uh, having a very quiet spell at the moment. I think it's 58 days and 44 runners at the time of recording since his last win. Now, he's had a couple of seconds recently, but for me, they're just not quite running well enough for me to recommend Giovanni change as a bet, particularly as he's around about 130 favourite. Um, so I'm kind of holding fire for 48 hours, praying that he has a few winners in the next couple of days and uh, um, the stable comes back to life. Now, the other interesting one, Taste the Fear. I'm struggling to see why he's so short around about four to one. Good second at Worcester last time out um, on his penultimate start. He won at Utoxter. But those are both um, left-handed tracks, of course. And the last time he ran um, right-handed, which was at Car uh, Carlisle this time, not Carmel, in um, in February, he's jumped markedly out to his left, and he's got beaten fifteen lengths. Uh, and I think the only other time he's gone um, right-handed for this yard, he, he was beaten best part of twenty lengths at Exeter. So 
I think there has to be a major doubt that Taste the Fear, um, whether he can operate yeah, going right-handed. So um, that is the kind of race I need to do a bit more work on because if I can highlight a four to one second favourite who I think is going to struggle, there's got to be value elsewhere. And if the, the trainer of the favourite's out of form, despite um, the favourite's obvious <laughs> credentials, yeah, there could be a bit more there. I mean, break, breaking wave surprised me last time. I always had him down as a horse who goes well when fresh. Uh, I thought he might struggle because he'd been off the track for just a couple, um, for about um, three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and again, he he won well, but that was at Subtle. And again, Subtle hurdles form, does it translate? Byron Flyer, not out of it. Um, he's a 10-year-old, but you look at the, the role of honour of this race, it's sort of horses age five up to 11. Uh, he's got a tongue tie added to the cheek pieces, um, and he he was the the early mover nines into fifteen to two when the betting first opened. So there might be a bit of value here in um, you know some some of the outsiders, and uh, could be a bit of a place pop buster this race if those front two in the betting do disappoint. Yeah, that's a, a difficult one, that isn't it? Um, okay, uh, computer's on a go slow. Hold the phone. Um, anything else? Uh, any of the other races at market raising? Uh, no, not that. Okay, uh, and then we've got the current, haven't we? Uh, we go over to Ireland, pull that 325. That's going to be obviously our main focus. Um, the Irish Oaks, and of course, Snowfall, a very hot favourite for this. I'm sure nobody is uh, surprised to hear that whatsoever. Um, I suppose the thing is, is Snowfall going to go and win easily? And if that is the case, have we got any value with currently the eight runners, Andrew? Um, yes, will he win very easily? She went win very easily, was my thought. Um, yeah. Although she, she, she has drifted seven to two on from nine to two on, but um, still doesn't tempt me. And is there much value um, taking her on within each way selection? Difficult to know which one to go for. There's there's so many with um, you know, so, you know fair claims. I thought the obvious one is the only other Aiden uh, is one of the other Aiden O'Brien runners um, divinely. Um. I, I thought. Um, she was the one I would perhaps recommend if I w- were going to go for an each way stab but for me it was just a race to watch and enjoy and I'm kind of hoping she does what she did at, at Epsom and uh, demolishes this lot and then uh, you know one day maybe we can look forward to her running against Hurricane Lane and that would be uh, an, an incredible clash so uh, you know m- maybe in the arc but so uh, yeah not not a race that I could see beyond the favourite and not one that I wanted to play each way in yeah, exactly. Um, well, just to snowfall one by 16 lengths last time. So depending on who you're betting with, if you want to try and look for a ridiculously good um, distance, but I don't think you'll get much value about them either because chances are that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, anything else at the Curra? Andrew, I know there is a couple of other good races. But... Yeah, I like the 250, the um, Scurry Stakes, five furlong group two race. I mean, the yeah. first thing I normally do with um, uh, Irish group race sprints is um, side with the British runners because um, they're doing incredibly well over the years. But um, for the first time I can remember, this race hasn't got a British raider in it, which is incredible. <laughs> we, so the, the Brits have won it six times out the last 10, had a host of um, placed horses as well. So that could make things a little bit easier for Measure of Magic, who uh, uh, won her first two this season and then went to um, Ascot in the Commonwealth Cup. Um, you know, had no answer to uh, the front two that day, um, you know, Campanelli and um, Dragon Symbol but was far from disgraced in third. Um, six furlongs on heavy ground would have tested her stamina there as well. And, um, you know, it, I mean, even sort of an extended um, five loop beyond her at, some, at one stage last year. So coming back to five on quicker ground, I think everything's right here for Measure of Magic. Uh, she's around about four to one second favourites, and uh, I thought she was best of the home contingent. Yeah, it's a, a difficult one, isn't it? You wonder as well, with you saying about... Um... 
you said scurry steaks. You mean sapphire steaks? Don't sapphire you? steaks. Sorry, this yeah. yeah, it's okay. You confused me, and I thought, am I doing something wrong here? But no, that's right. So, measure of magic in the uh, group two sapphire, which is at two fifty. Um, I suppose with you saying about the uh, the English raiders going over there, I wonder again whether you know just with COVID, if people just it's such a miser and staff and people travelling, whether you know people are just thinking it's just not worth the miser. Yeah, and, I, that, and I guess yeah, and I guess there's been opportunities, um, you know, over here as well recently. So and coming up at Glorious Goodwood, so maybe the yeah, yeah the, the cost, the hassle, and the timing perhaps not worked out this year. Yeah, but I I, I'm 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 coming to the Scurry Stakes now because that's the another race at the Curra, <laughs> okay. uh, the four o'clock. This is a, a really good six and a half furlong handicap, and uh, and again, it's another one where British trainers have done well over the years. Now we've only got one runner, and that is Eight. Gulliver for David O'Mara who was second, beaten a short head, I think it was, in this race 12 months ago. Um, now, yeah, he, he's a horse who's won the same same um, race at um, York in October, tends to come good sort of like later in the season. So, uh, but given he's run well in this race before, uh, and he has caught the eye once or twice this year, running well uh, against biases, you know, maybe Gulliver can give you a good run for your money each way in that four o'clock. Yeah, I've got plenty of runners in there. I think they're are they seven. I think they're about seven to one the field there, and that is Gulliver is about seven or eight to one. So, uh, difficult one. Okay. Um, anywhere else than that's it, Andrew. We are. Do you like anything anywhere else for the whole of Saturday? Yeah, just a couple to mention. Um, in the two fifteen at Newmarket, six furlong handicap, a horse of Eve Johnson Houghton's called uh, My Style. Now, My Style won the Grey Horse handicap at Newmarket in the middle of August last year over this course and distance. The year before was third at 16 to 1 in the Grey Horse handicap. Obviously, been laid out for that race again, but um, might be capable of winning or at least placing on Saturday en route. Now, last time out, um, ran at uh, Bath and it did pretty well because the first three home that day were up with the pace, whereas uh, my style uh, came, came late, a trip that was on the sharp side and did best of the hold up horses. Now, I'm sure all roads lead to Newmarket next month for that, um, so that Grey Horse race. But um, certainly, uh, I, I want to have a few quid on uh, each way, and because this is the time of year that uh, he peaks, and he, you know he always tends to be um, sort of a bit like just Hubert and Mancini needs those three or four runs before hitting peak form, and um, yeah, the signs are that he, he's, he's ready, he's coming to the boil. So uh, we might be there a race too early, but certainly worth considering. You know, if you're having a place pot, for example, and in the two fifty, uh, beat Lebon. Um, is my anti-post pick for the Royal Hunt Cup, but I was put off by store one on the day. Yeah. Um, as it turned out, he ran an absolute blinder, finishing fifth, doing second best of those to race on the far side behind Real World. Um, he's a horse who's two from two in um, uh, handicaps over seven films or further at Goodwood. I thought Glorious Goodwood might be his bag, but if the ground dries out and is good to firm, then you know, and there looks like being a decent pace to chase, then, uh, you know, maybe Beat LeBon can win this. He, he's got plenty of form at straight tracks at the likes of Doncaster. So, and he, he's run, he ran well on the Roly Mile um, first time out this term, doing really well from off the pace and from a low draw when everything was winning from high draws under prominent rise up the stand side rail. So, yeah, my style, 215, Beat LeBon in 250, the two interesting ones at Newmarket. Okay. Um... I hate to keep correcting Andrew, but it's a two fifty-five, but it doesn't matter. Beat <laughs> <laughs> uh, Levon is the. Is what I feel like I'm back at school. Now. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, if I don't correct you, that everyone will just think we're all just doing it wrong, and neither of us know. So at least okay. if I'm, or I'm, you're giving the winners, and I'll just make sure the times are okay. correct. So yeah, it's two fifty-five at Newmarket. Beat Levon. I like Beat Levon as well as a horse. Has top weight to shoulder. I think it's about fourth thing at the minute, maybe six to one, something like that. So again, uh, right. you know, in each way. 
angle into that if uh, that's what you want to do. Um, naps. Naps. That is a, a very good question. I'm going to go um, stonific each way at market raising in that uh, 205. Prize now. Uh, hopefully, I know Daryl's sick, but maybe we can try and get a nap from him and we can just post it for you because he would hate to tell us next week that he had a nap and it was this and it won and he didn't get to tell us. Yeah, so watch that, the space. That, that'll be just my luck. Um, Daryl pops up with 125 <laughs> to one winner. I don't give a winner and um, he does it from his deathbed. So, but that yeah, but <laughs> best of, yeah, get well soon, Daryl, and uh, we'll hope you're back with us next week. Yeah, ditto. Um, mine is Rodrigo Diaz, sticking with him. Uh, in the 2.25 at Newbury. Um, that's it, guys. Hopefully me and Andrew have not done too badly by ourselves. Hope you've enjoyed um, the podcast. Hopefully we can give you some winners. Don't forget to check out, as always, the guys' separate social medias because they will be updating them as the days get closer to the weekend. Andrew obviously always has his column with uh, loads more tips and stuff on there as well. Um, and the, the race cards are on there. So do check out gg.co.uk. Uh, thanks for watching.